0: Hey, hey, listeners, welcome to True Life in Abundance. My name is Lenora.
1: And I'm Shannon.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. Okay, and I have this week's quote for you. And it is, in giving birth to our babies, we may find that we give birth to new possibilities within ourselves. And that's from Mila and John Zinn.
1: Oh, that is so true. I love that quote. That's probably my favorite one so far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. So... Can you please tell our listeners who you are?
1: Well, I'm Shannon.
0: And again, I am Lenora. (laughs) And today, guys, we're going to start off just a little bit different. And we're going to start out with our questions first. I know on on the last episode, we both didn't know what song best sums us up. So Shannon, can you please tell us what song best sums you up?
1: Um, so, I've been thinking, and this is the closest one I can think of currently, and I don't really know the name of it, I probably should have Googled it, but it's that song, um, Back in the Day When I Was Young, I'm Not a Kid Anymore, mm-hmm, you know, yeah, I always love that song because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're a kid, you're so carefree, you know, yeah. most most kids, I can't say, that, but most kids, like, have, it's just such an easy life that we take for granted, and then you grow up and you have all of these responsibilities. And uh, I just miss that carefree being able to just care, just worry about myself and nobody else. That was the, t- uh, when you're a kid, that was the only moments you can really just be selfish.
0: That's true. That's the more the simplistic of life. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I love that.
1: what about you? What's
0: your song? So I actually picked two. <laughs> of course. so i pick, and they're both by the same person so i pick big and winning by pastor mike jr and the reason why i picked those two songs is because big because you guys could could google it and listen to the songs on your your, on your own free time but that one is because like i feel like god is gonna do something big in my life Mm -hmm. um like growing up i like struggled with life trying to find like a purpose and stuff like that but like now that i'm older and went through some things i realized that he do have a purpose for me and winning just because i just feel like this is my winning season so they kind of like both go hand in hand so that's why i chose those two songs
1: that is amazing i know those songs but i will listen to them because they sound amazing
0: thank you all right let's go to question number two um, what book or books would you recommend our listeners to read and why
1: oh my goodness so I think I told you guys in one of the episodes I love books I love reading I have many different genres um so it just depends on which <laughs> what you think. if you're looking for more inspirational uh book I like one of the first books I read back oh years ago was Rich Dad Poor Dad. That was one of the books that That's made me one. feel like yeah, that feel like I could like really achieve anything. And then uh, I have I've read The Alchemist, and I like I'm, I'm on this kick right now with uh like thrillers like uh, murder suspense books. So mm-hmm. I've been reading those, but I have like so many financial books and all kind of things. It just depends on what people are looking for. I can give you <laughs> by category because I read everything. I don't just stick to one genre. So, but yes, if you want something, Rich Dad poor day, which most people have read The Alchemist. Uh, I read this great book by T.D. Jakes, Destiny. Great. Years ago. So if you want to look at that. I know that was a lot but
0: I like No that's good because I have a few too so that, was... <laughs> no, so that was good So I'm going to say I have a couple books too That I would recommend I would read if you're going to go into the financial Space I'm going to say Think and Grow Rich A mm-hmm. Black Choice mm-hmm. um, So that one Was good because a lot of times Um we feel like growing up like like we have like so many things that are against us which we do mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely not no. putting that down like we definitely we do. do um do start behind the start line mm-hmm. but however how you can overcome especially with God on your side you definitely are the majority so that one there I also would recommend boundaries by um I, oh my god I don't know I, I'm messing up how they name but by Dr. Cloud and Mr. Townsend or they might be both doctors I don't know but anyways that one is good because boundaries is good for you like for an individual to learn because it keeps the good in and the bad out like a lot of times we think like oh if I put boundaries up then this person might think that I hate them but honestly it will be do well with your peace if you use boundaries in a healthy way Mm -hmm. and then then the last thing last book I will recommend that I read really recent was actually T.D. Jakes daughter book um Sarah Jakes Roberts um her latest book oh my god it was should have wrote it down but anyways in that book she talks about how um, you know, her growing up, her being pregnant at four, getting pregnant at 14, and just her being able to, to combat that and how she learned to, um, to not hate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She learned to not hate herself and she learned not to hate um, Eve in the Bible. And it just really just a woman evolved. That's the name of the book.
1: Okay. So, yeah.
0: Like she just learned how to like love her story and love like how God weaved it all together for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like that resonates with me. Yeah, that's great.
1: Uh, I like, uh, I have one of her books. I have not read it yet. I do, I'm a book hoarder. So <laughs> I would like to stockpile books, even if I haven't like don't have the time to read. I have so many brand new books I haven't even touched yet, but um, I do have one of her books, but it's not that one.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. So this one, I don't even know if you did this or not. But how old were you when you learned Santa wasn't real, and how did you find out? If your parents talked to you about Santa, yes, Mom
1: did tell me initially. I don't know who told me about Santa, honestly, but I know from a very young age, my mom would say, "Uh, like the gifts would be like from Mom. They were never from Santa." Mom's like, "I worked hard for the <laughs> gifts." <laughs> Yeah, I
0: didn't know. was broke, yeah. busted, and disgusting. I, yes, I was working
1: overtime. You're going to know that I bought as little. It would say like when I was like you know, I could read like five, six, you know, it would say Santa but when I got like nine, eight, nine, she was like, I bought these. So, yeah. early. <laughs> I mean, eight, nine is when you start to like come out of it anyway, I guess. I don't really know the age, but yeah. What about, what
0: about you? <laughs> Yeah, my mom is a super safe thing, so she didn't want to tell us lies, so
1: okay, she just
0: never like, you know, taught us about that, and which was fine or whatever, like I've never tried to like ruin it for friends of mine mm-hmm. that when I was in elementary school that believed in Santa, but like for me, like I never believed, and, and that was okay too. Mm-hmm. All right, and so you kind of went into this already, but do you collect anything besides books?
1: <laughs> oh my god it's probably it I kid you not that's probably the only thing I collect like I will just go to Barnes and Noble and just buy books um I sometimes I go in there i will be having to like me and my husband go together I have to walk like by him so I won't buy something I'm like I'll be with you, <laughs> you got hold your hand yes one day I followed him around the whole store he's like you can go I was like no I'll, I just followed him around the store I was like if I leave I'm buying a book <laughs> <laughs> so that's really I don't, I don't really have any collectible anything like I
0: um, keep besides books so um, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm the same way I don't collect anything either except for my books I try to be like live like a mentalist lifestyle the bare minimum of everything mm-hmm. um, yeah so I don't have anything extra that I don't need I do actually kind of got some laptops in here that are old <laughs> I need to get rid of, but I'm not keeping them like for a special reason <laughs> only because like, I'm like, okay, well, I can't really like throw it away, but I know the last time I went to Best Buy, they, was, they said I could recycle them there, so I just never been, took them to Best Buy, so that's about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, and so the last question is how many languages do you speak?
1: Um, I speak one fluently, but I can piece together some Spanish. Um I can have a small conversation in Spanish, but not like nothing major. But if somebody you know, I could break some stuff down.
0: What about you? Yeah. Same, okay, because I can only tell somebody a couple of things, like where to find the restroom mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But don't try to like get fancy. Yeah. If you need me to call nine one one, please ask somebody else. That's you know, right. Because we're gonna be there, like struggling together. <laughs> but I would love to, because I feel like as as much as we took Spanish, I don't know how it was for you mm-hmm. growing up in Nashville, Fine. but like we took Spanish every year in mm-hmm. elementary, when and I-, I took it two years in high school and I'm just like why am I still so bad at this but I would definitely love would love to learn um more than just Spanish I would definitely love to learn other languages as well
1: um take like uh take lessons um they do they have courses on there where you can learn Spanish from a a real teacher okay virtual (laughs) I was looking into that actually Spanish they have different languages, but I'm looking at the Spanish since it's so much more fluent here than other languages.
0: Right. That's true. Yeah. Alright. So that wraps up this week's question for the, for today. And today we're just going to get started into our podcast. And if you see our title, um, we are talking about our pregnancy journey. And so... And, like, just, like, the symptoms and what we experience. So, for me, well, for anyone who is pregnant, I think most people could say this, like, once you find out you're pregnant, then you start having symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like, most times. Mm -hmm. Some people start finding, have symptoms and find out they're pregnant. But for me, it went after, like, right as soon as I found out I was pregnant, the very next day Mm -hmm. I started having symptoms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I started like throwing up every day i was actually couldn't keep any food down sometimes some people just have morning sick- sicknesses i couldn't keep any food down like i turned into being just head and shoulders girl <laughs> People was like um aren't you pregnant <laughs> i was going in the opposite direction mm-hmm. of what i was supposed to be going in um when it came to my second trimester i actually was able to keep food down more started to gain weight finally Um, but I think my main issue in pregnancy was being really stressed. I was really stressed during my pregnancy because of my living situation. And as I said, I did not have a job when I found out I was pregnant, but I did find a job and then the job that I found was really stressful. And then me and my daughter's father were trying to pass things up and things were still weren't good. Um, I went to all my doctor's appointments by myself and stuff like that. So my pregnancy journey I just uh didn't know how to manage my stress then but I wish I did. So I do have like a little quick story of of me while I was pregnant. So there was one time where we were disagreeing about something, I don't know. And we were like outside and he was like, "Oh, I'm going to, I'm about to leave." And I was like, "No, you're not going to leave." I was like, we're going to do whatever XYZ together and then he was like no I'm not so I was like blocking him from getting inside of the car <laughs> the same one I bust the window out of <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like man get out of the way so they're like I guess he attempted to move me and then but he moved me with a little bit of force and I ended up stumbling a little bit and when I Dumble, (laughs) honey. I don't know if my eyes turned red or my head spun all the way around or whatever. But he just knew that it was time for him to run. (laughs) So he took off running. And like at that time, I was like, I lived like close to like, I don't know if it was a park or a school, but something it was, and it had kind of like a tall gate around it. And like he ended up like jumping the gate or whatever because he thought like, okay, like I'm gonna get away from her if I jump this gate. Little (laughs) did he know, (laughs) I jumped the gate too. And I jumped it like so perfectly. Like I felt like I was like Spider-Man that day. I jumped (laughs) it so perfectly. And like when he seen me come over that gate, like he was so amazed at my skills that he just stopped running. (laughs) He just like literally stopped running. And because at that point, like I was, I was, I was ready to get my leg back. And he was like, dang, like how did you do that? And, like, he was like, I thought you'd be sick all the time. But like, I like mustered up some kind of stress at that moment, you know, when he <laughs> pushed me and I was like, oh, this is not going to go down like that. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, yeah. so I do um like have some tips. Of like if a woman deals with chronic stress in her pregnancy and what it can cause, and what it can cause is it can lower the baby birth weight. It can increase uh, the baby having, uh, it can increase the woman of having a baby prematurely, and it can cause developmental issues um, in the baby. Also, what stress does is it increase your cortisol level which can result in fatigue, irritability, headaches, um, intestinal problems such as constipation, bloating, or diarrhea, increased blood pressure, and if anyone is wondering what is cortisol, I'll be happy to let you know. Cortisol is their primary stress hormone. It increases sugar, which is a glucose in the bloodstream. It enhances your brain's use of glucose and increases the availability of substance that repair your tissue. Um, so, and then also studies have also shown that when women are stressed out and have higher level of cortisol in their pregnancy, they have done a study that the babies come out with an increased level of cortisol as well. So, hmm wasn't that interesting it, it, they did a, they did a study on women that were pregnant during 9-11 and like some of the women that were of course they were stressed out because some of them uh, lost their partner during 9-11 uh-huh. or just uh, women that was in new york they were just you know just stressed out because it was so close to home uh-huh. and then when they had the babies, they were like doing tests on the babies, and a lot of those babies had increased levels of cortisol as well. Wow, yeah, crazy. Yeah. All is. right. Yeah. So Shannon, you kind of had a little different pregnancy story than I had. Besides me and my crazy <laughs> jumping the gate and being stressed out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your story?
1: Yeah. So. Um, I have two children Um, both of my pregnancies were terrible Uh, one was um, worse than the other Uh, my son was my oldest I got pregnant with him and I was sick the entire pregnancy but it wasn't debilitating Um, I had to take a finnegan every day up until like I was eight and a half months. So from like nine weeks until I, go, I was like eight and a half months. I took medicine every single day in order to keep What's my Finnegan. Fr- Finnegan is a anti nausea medication that I had to take with him, but it makes you really sleepy. So I didn't work my entire pregnancy. Um I worked one day at Victoria's Secret that I <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just quit and I just didn't do anything. Um uh, and you you may wonder what I did for money. Nothing. Uh my mom actually took care of me and I'm grateful for that because uh, I was just you know uh, yeah I was in a bad situation but uh, so with both of my That's pregnancies yeah. yes, with both of my pregnancies I was I fit whenever I'm pregnant
0: like, mm-hmm. I did. So I walked around with a spit cup so I didn't Yes. Say, okay. I did mean,
1: not know that. We,
0: okay. People think <laughs> I'm
1: crazy. So I had to walk around with both of my kids spit bottles. Like I would spit into like water bottles and fill them up all day, like every day. Same. And
0: then throw them away. And throw. Yes, it's so gross and um, so,
1: gross. so that is called tyism. It's spelled p t y a l i s m. I think. Um, it's really rare in pregnancy um but people will spit mm-hmm.
0: um so I spit you know with- what i did to combat that i started chewing gum nothing helped
1: me i i, I mean not even chewing gum no gum no ice oh, wow. no
0: candy nothing i'm not an ice chewer. i
1: don't like ice. well like i'm not like chewer either but when you get desperate desperate times with <laughs> <for> desperate measures, <laughs> right that's true. And spitting, it's, it's embarrassing because one, it's just like, yeah. I don't walk around just spitting all day. What a gross habit, you know? And Not a camel. <laughs> just spitting everywhere. And so, I felt um, embarrassed. Like, I didn't want to go out to eat. I didn't want to go places. I didn't, I mean, like, my mouth was so full of spit. Um, y'all, this is gross, but it's, it's, uh, it's the reality It's real. No, it. it happened to yeah. me too. It's real. And it's so crazy that that happened to you. And I didn't even know. And, and so you can really relate. And I love that mm-hmm. because it's, it's it can be embarrassing. But anyway. anyway.
0: And I work like that. See, Quick story. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I work like, with my spit cup. And I remember one time, because um, where I worked at, there was a indoor and outdoor section. And it was a garden section of the store that I worked at so I had to work in the garden section that day and it was like really windy and it was like one of those little foam cups or whatever and I I would put like a napkin over it and Mm -hmm. put a rubber band over it so I didn't want nobody to see what was inside Mm -hmm. the cup or whatever and so um one day girl the, it was like a gust of wind came and it was like one of my co-workers came up like at that same time that the wind blew and girl that the spit like fell over on him. I was so embarrassed. He was like, Oh, it's not your fault. Like it's the wind ball But I felt like terrible yes. nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um <laughs> okay,
1: so so I did that with my pregnancies, and um, but I moved on to my most recent pregnancy was with my daughter. She's now 15 months, so this is very recent. Um, mm-hmm. I, my husband and I planned her, so I thought my pregnancy was going to be easier. Don't know why that equated to planning made e- mean, meant easy, but that's what I did <laughs> in my head. Sometimes we get these like notions in our head, and we're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was worse. I spit with her. I had a condition called hyperemesis gravidurum, which is extreme vomiting. Um, mm. and with hyperemesis gravidurum, I never heard of that before. And I would go into the hospital, like first I would go to the ER from week six to week nine every week. I would go to the ER. And mm-hmm. Um, they give me IV, some anti-nausea meds and write a script for me and send me on my way. Week seven, the, I went to the same ER, the the doctor said to me, you don't look sick. How did he know that? Right. Women with your condition, they look sick and I don't, you don't really look sick. So he kind of just sent me on my way, very dismissive of how I was feeling, um, so what, week nine, when I, so I told you I went every week. So week nine, I went to my doctor's appointment, my first checkup and my doctor, my, I had a midwife and she said, um, I know you're sick, just try to get to week, um, 12 when you get into your, or 13, whatever your second trimester is. And I had, I just broke down in the office. I was like, I can't do this. I said, because every time I went to the ER, there was like, when you go to your friend's doctor's appointment, they're going to help you. They're going to make you feel better. I went to my doctor's appointment and she's like, just wait till your second time. So I was like, I told the lady, I said, what, when am, how long am I supposed to wait? I go to the no. ER every week and they're, they're telling me when I come here, it's going to be better when you're telling me what to my, I said, I can't, I say, I'm miserable. Um, mm. So I get, I, while I'm at that appointment, they took, um, I was about to go, but she said, Let, we need to check your urine. They checked my urine. They came in there frantic. They said, you need to leave right now and go to our ER because I was going to a different hospital. They said, you need to a different hospital prior to that. But they wanted me to go to a women's hospital. So I started going to the women's hospital. I went to the women's hospital. Um so, the reason why they wanted me to go to ER, and I don't know, I know some stuff about the body, I know quite a bit, but I had no idea because they told me when they checked my urine, they said I had too many ketones in my urine, and I didn't, at that time in my What's life, that? I, yeah, I'm going to explain that, so I didn't even know what it was, and that is when you are extremely dehydrated, your ketone levels go up. And so, I was, like, severely dehydrated. I said, we're going to call our ER, and we're going to let them know you're on your way. Do not stop anywhere. Do not, don't do anything. Go straight there. So, I get there. Uh, my husband was at work at the time. Um, I get there. I text my, hu- email my husband, because he can't have his so phone. Email him. So, I have him at the hospital at Women's. Luckily, um, he works downtown, right where the hospital is at. He's six minutes away. So, he was able to come. And um, I got to, they may stay there. I, got, I was there for three days. Um, at this time, it was very difficult for me because uh, my son was, I think he was 10, right? Uh, yeah, he was 10. He was about to be 11. And We don't have family here. My husband doesn't have family here. I don't have family here. It's just me, my son, my husband at this point. And my son had to get himself in the house by himself. And my husband uh, would have to, when he'd go to work, because he couldn't stay overnight with me because he had to go to work. He was almost working because I didn't work this crazy either. And so it was stressful for me because I had to make sure, like I was trying to be a mom from a uh, <laughs> from a hospital bed. Oh yeah. And so my husband would get out. So- he gets out. He works two to ten typically, and so he get off work ten o'clock at night. So he get home around ten thirty, close to eleven, if they, on a good night. So my my son is home by himself. My ten year old son's home by himself from three o'clock to. You know, eleven o'clock at night. So he's doing his homework. He's feeding himself. He's putting himself to bed. I'm calling, making sure he's eating, making sure he's okay. And it's scary because I can't be there. So that was a hard moment. But that was week nine. Um, I stayed there for three days. Um, every day after that, I will go back to the women's hospital every week after that. So from week nine through week twelve or thirteen, I will. I was in the e- in the ER, I mean the ER, in the lab I'd go to the ER and they would admit me. And I, every time I was admitted, I was admitted for three to two to three days every week I would be in the wow. hospital. So my son would have to do that every week. Uh, my husband would leave work the first day and he'd come, he'd come some days I would go be there on his off days and he'd come visit me. My son was not allowed at all to see me uh, the times I was there. I was so sick my entire pregnancy but mainly in the first and second trimester that in order to get in the shower I couldn't stand because I was so weak and dehydrated because I was keeping nothing down I was the let the shower water run on me um my husband would have to literally take care of me like I was a baby um this is how debilitating hyperemesis is people don't Understand. So week twelve or thirteen, I'm in my second trimester. Um, I go in the uh, and every time, the only way they would admit me because they was check the ketone in my urine. Even that the bag or two of IV fluids was not enough because they she wasn't there. I wasn't eating, I wasn't drinking, uh, not by choice, but I just could not hold anything down. So a uh, week seventeen, they was like, okay, the IV is not working. We're gonna do a PIC line. Never heard of that. A PIC line is like a, kind of like an IV that stays in your arm permanently. Not permanently because it came out eventually, but it stays in your arm. And you don't have to take it out, and it you have to be in a sterile environment. And when they put it in, the it's like a procedure I stayed overnight when they it was they did everything one with one um, visit. So when I was staying overnight one time, they was like, "We're just gonna do a PIC," so they had to do that, and already there from being sick so they did that so the pick line was in and then they moved up my nurse visits at home to um three days a week but instead of me getting IVs three days a week I would give myself IV bags every day and wow. so my nurse only came to change after dressing on my pick line and so I gave myself IVs every day and I also was able to give myself IV Zofran every day because as the IVs, Zofran was just straight into my system. I didn't have to take it orally because I couldn't keep the oral pills down, uh, mind you. While I'm on the entire time from week nine, um, probably about week seven, I've been I was on five different pills every day. I take pills normally when I'm not pregnant. I I uh, don't take any medication now or before, but I was on Zofran, which is anti nausea. Finnegan, uh, erectal finnegan, because they were like, you can't keep certain things down. So, we're going to give you erectal finnegan, which is what I took with my son. But I took the pill form with my son because I was able to hold the pills down enough to feel better with him. So, I was on the finnegan. So, friend, I had to take Benadryl every day. B6. Really? I would
0: think that that would be like women couldn't take Benadryl. Yeah, I
1: thought that too, but it was like, no, you're fine. I took Benadryl, B6, and Unisom unisom that's a sleep medication that's right? a sleep
0: yeah i was gonna say yeah so sleep aid.
1: b6 and unisom is uh it's a the combination i take that together because it's supposed to help with anti-nausea all five of those medications for anti-nausea and i still was in and at the hospital from all for all those weeks the only thing that helped wow. me stay out was when they put the peak line in at 17 and i would give my own self iv fluids every single morning give myself IV um Zofran every single day I think that was twice a day and I could take oral so I was able to stay hydrated enough because I could not do that on my own and the total I lost about 30 to 40 pounds when I was pregnant and so they went through all those measures with me and the hospital treated me wonderful but i will say this i around week 13 33 i got off of the the they took the pick line out because uh, i started to feel a little bit better so I'm, i'm in my third trimester by then um i still had to take the oral medications all five of those i took those all until I gave birth to my daughter. But I, I was able to take the IV out. Well the doctors had to take the pick line out and everything because I can't I mean the nurse took it out because like you can't you're not supposed to take the that out on your own. But I was able to get off of bed week thirty three and I was still spitting because spitting lasts until you literally lasts until you give birth. I don't know yeah. if that was it,
0: was it that for, did you? for me too I just I started chewing gum in my second trimester. And it reduced it. But no. then I was like chewing gum like all the time. And it was making my jaw hurt. <laughs> chewing so much gum. I know. See, I, I
1: tried all that; It just did not work. But it was, I don't know. But so some of the things that bothered me. Oh, I didn't tell you guys. I skipped over this. Week 12. That week I was fine. Because when I was to the hospital, they put me on steroids in order to help my food down. And those steroids was the best life in pregnancy <laughs> because Aww. steroids make you eat and they make you eat and eat and eat and when they gave me those steroids in the hospital I was like we're gonna send you home with these I could I was crying tears of joy
0: Aww. and
1: it was amazing and I was able to eat and I would go to random nasty places and I don't even eat at Arby's I was going to Arby's I was like I want Arby's girl who even eat there <laughs> girl I was keeping in business for a whole week and so <laughs> I don't even eat Arby's. I was like, "Where am mm-hmm. I here?" And so, um, yeah, I the steroids was like, there was like, "Be careful because you know it's not good for you to take um steroids for a long period of time when you're pregnant and okay. stuff like that." And so I started googling it, and it was like, your baby could come out with a small head if you take too many. I was like, "Oh my, always gonna have a oh, real wow. small head. My head's small. It's gonna be smaller than mine." Like, what's that?
0: <laughs> That she's super cute with a normal size head. Yeah, but she
1: yes. <laughs> so now she has a normal head because my husband's head is big, and so I think my daughter's head is gonna be big. But um, then, <laughs> anyway, during that whole time though, seriously, I I went through severe depression. I would yeah. my husband would tell me, he'd walk out and he'd say, I would just be staring at the wall. I wouldn't have the TV on. I wouldn't have anything. I would just be just stare. I would stare for hours in just one direction. I don't know why I wow. did it. I don't know anything. I just would stare. And it was hard. <laughs> I, I I, just, I don't know. Uh, I would also try to, try to talk to people about what I was going through. And I could not get anybody to empathize because they hadn't been through that. So people would tell me, once I found out I was having a girl, people would tell me, oh, it's a girl. Those girls make you so sick. Yeah. It's... It, it's so it was for me yeah but at the same time when you're going through that, when you know it's not just yeah. you're having a girl it's very dismissive it's oh, very rude true. and it's like no i'm not just it's not because i'm just having a girl it's not just the girl it is a condition and when you dismiss a condition because somebody say oh those girls will do that to you it's like no Yeah, you I've heard people be sick with girls, but they got over it. They were fine. Yeah, like me. I'm an
0: example. But I was sick. My story. I was sick, yeah, but then eventually I was able to function.
1: Yes. And I was literally my husband was holding my legs and I was pushing it. In between pushes, I was puking. I had a puke bag in my hand. Oh,
0: oh man. That's
1: how bad it was. And that's why I tell people, be mindful, just because uh you think you know or you think just try to Be mindful of people's situation because it's not always what you think it is. And people love to do those little old wives tales or or those superstitions of, you know, all that because it's like, this is why this or it's like, no, it's condition. Just let it be that.
0: Uh, (laughs) but that's real
1: it is and i i just couldn't it was hard because i couldn't take care of myself and i couldn't take care of my son my son was taking care of me he did such an amazing job helping me i mean it was just hard he stepped up my husband stepped up they were i could not have gotten through it without them it's so much worse than what i'm and saying, uh, but my best friend did hook me up with this girl who lived in Tennessee. She lives in Tennessee and she says, hey, I have a friend. She's pregnant. She's going through the same thing. And when I was able to connect with her, it was so amazing because we were literally, she was like, five weeks ahead of me in her pregnancy and we literally were going through the same exact thing wow and it was so crazy I was like God will put some people in your life yeah can connect you with people that know somebody and it experienced depression before until I was pregnant with her yeah that was a true depression and even when my home nurse would come in she say I think I really think you need to talk to a therapist I really think know me she'd spend no more than 10 15 minutes there changing my dress down maybe 30 minutes and she always say you need to see somebody i i never had anybody tell me i need see anybody and i had already had a therapist prior to my pregnancy but i wasn't i had stopped going to her and after i had my daughter i, I found a different therapist and i started back but it was in that moment, i didn't want to i didn't have the energy for anything like you literally don't have the energy for anything imagine losing 40 pounds that's but crazy. losing forty pounds and having to um somebody suck the life out of you—that's what kids do. They Literally, take that's everything. What they, do, so
0: mm-hmm. they take everything. Yeah. So I'm losing weight,
1: and she's taking stuff from me. So I was so imagine that. <laughs> so it was awful. It was. It was be times. I will not lie to y'all. I went a week or so without showering because I could not get out of bed. I would be covered in vomit. Like I could not walk. Like because. Wow. Mal when somebody I, I'm not saying I was mal I was probably malnourished, but I then I started Googling and YouTube and people's stories and people were like, I you can die from that, you and your baby. People have died, <laughs> and it's it's serious because a lot of times doctors will dismiss it. Um people have lost their babies because of it. And I'm blessed to say that my baby's here, she's healthy, she's yes. smart, yes. Yes. she's loud and active, <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> But people have lost their babies. They have been through so much. You know, the, it's a lot. You, you, it's hard to, um, even after I had her, it took me a mom, uh, some time to bond with her. Because I couldn't bond with her and, immediately. Because my pregnancy was so hard that when I was pregnant with my son, I, I bonded with him in the womb. When I was pregnant with my daughter, it was so hard that I didn't have time to even enjoy the experience pregnancy because I was always sick and so when yeah, she came but out that's
0: real mm-hmm,
1: when when she came out it was no instant connection I loved her but there was no instant bond now that now over time that's my I won't I'm home I'm stay at home mom again because I don't want to babysit her one of the reasons I don't want to and I'm nervous like I want to be with her so we we've grown close very very close but it it, t- it takes a toll on you mentally and physically. And it takes a toll on you connecting with your baby. So it's all mental. It's all there. But that is my story. I don't want to keep yeah. dragging it out. But if y'all <laughs> ever have questions about it, need
0: help, need advice, DM us on our Instagram. Definitely. Yeah, You know what? <clears throat> I'm so glad you gave that story. There was this one time um, when I went to the hospital when I was, I don't know, somewhere in my first trimester, because that's when I w- would go back and forth to the ER as well. Not 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 every week, but I would go. And um, there was one time, I don't know what happened because it was so long ago, but um, I had told the nurse like hey I went to another ER and they can't tell me what's wrong with me but I feel like something is wrong so never never feel afraid to speak up and advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. that's just a little side note and then she was just like oh okay and then I was just like I need to go to the restroom and then I went to the restroom and they thought I was still in the restroom and the nurses were talking about me I ended up coming back so Back in the day, where you have like the little slide that cover what I don't know what those are, like shower curtains, mm-hmm. but they're not shower curtains. Little anyway, curtains. they yeah, yeah, those are <laughs> curtains that um, you know just keep you when you're in the ER from the person next to you. So they couldn't see that I was back in the room because I'm short, so and I was sitting on the bed again, and they was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe like she's just going from ER to ER. Like there's nothing wrong with her." And so they, too, were being dismissive. Mm-hmm. And when they came back in the room and they saw that I was sitting there back in the room, it was like they saw a ghost. <laughs> like their their mouth dropped. They was like, they tried to walk in being nice and something like that. And they said other things. I don't really remember. But I remember that. And I was like, you know what? I don't want any treatment. I don't want any service. Like, mind you, I'm still 18 years old. Mm-hmm. But I knew I didn't want those ladies to serve. Mm-hmm. The one I knew it was going to be ingenuine. And mm-hmm. I was just ready to get up out of there. And they was just like, oh, but we still haven't seen you or whatever. We haven't took your vitals or anything like that. And I was just like, you know what? I don't even want you to take my vitals. Like, I don't even want you to do any of those things. And so I was just like, I'm just going to go. And so they ended up trying to hand me one of those, like, forms to say that you're refusing service because they don't want to get sued from you walking out and something happens mm-hmm. to you and they haven't seen you mm-hmm. and I knew like I didn't know a lot of things but I knew not to sign your their paper I was like I'm not signing your paper and I'm not taking your service and I just got up and I just walked out and ended up going to another yard where they didn't say that or at least they didn't say it where I could hear it mm-hmm. and so yeah so that was that. So those those are crazy times. That you know that um, that doctors tend to not listen to black women because I don't know if they have like this complex like black women we're so strong we can handle it. I feel I'm sure that it's something passed down from slavery because back then they used to do um, pap smears on women with no anesthetics. So every time I go, which women you should go angrily, every time I go, I always think back to that, like, dang, like, what did the women, like, I'm so grateful and disgusted at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so grateful that there were women that went through that and now we have the service. But then I'm so disgusted, like, dang, this is our ancestors that went through this mm-hmm. You know, just for us to be mm-hmm. able to use this service today. So I always yeah. think about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. And as far as Black women having to endure a lot, I, well, I know you're right when it comes to that subject as far as um, medical treatment. But I also think that it's okay to to be strong, but strong doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have feelings, right. you don't get, you know, that you're not in pain, that mm-hmm. you're not hurt, like you're not, you know, yeah, I don't, you're want, not inhuman, yeah, to, to, I should to have life to be, happening
0: to you. Mm-hmm,
1: I should have to be viewed as weak in order for you to feel like I'm, I'm hurt or I'm, you know, not well, whatever. And I think that it's, I'm grateful that people are advocating and and stepping out and telling stories because. When, without them we you know it still would be in the dark and it takes more of us to tell our stories about how we were treated you know during our pregnancies mm-hmm. and even outside of that you know whenever we need medical help um I told you my doctor told me I didn't look sick and mm-hmm. I was too and I was I have I was 30 what two years old <laughs> and I was old enough to but I was too sick. I was just like, help mm. me. I was literally yeah. like, help me. I couldn't even, I couldn't, I probably was in there stinking. I don't know. He was probably, I was like, help. I need help. Like, I don't care about what you're saying. I just need help. I was so weak. And then during the early part of my pregnancy, they weren't letting, pe- um at that first hospital, they weren't letting people ha- have visitors because of COVID. So I was mm. in there by myself. My husband couldn't even advocate for me. I know he would have, but I couldn't. So it was just me. But I was so sick that I couldn't even, you know, say had the energy to even argue or be mad or whatever. I was just like, "Help me." That <laughs> was help me. So sometimes you know, you really do need to step, you know, advocate. But at the same time, it's like sometimes you you really, if you're in so much pain or you're just trying to get out of pain or out of hurt, you really your mind sometimes is on that one thing,
0: right? And we shouldn't have to
1: advocate. Those doctors yeah. should be the ones that, or nurses should be the one telling, you know, making sure we're okay, making sure we're good. We shouldn't have to do that. It's a sad situation be, that we have to say, That's I true. need this. I need that. What What are you here for? If you mm-hmm. sit here and tell, if I tell you I'm hurting, I'm not asking for pain pills. I'm not asking. I'm telling you, I don't feel good. Right. Get some tests going. Yes, yes, you know. And that doctor didn't even run any tests on me, I don't think. Mm. It just gave me an IV and some medicine and sent me on my way. Um, but yeah. So
0: that's crazy. But yes, guys, this is a serious topic. Black women are three times more likely to die in childbirth than white women and Hispanic women. And also I do have um, a story here just before just to wrap things up about our pregnancy journey, just to give you a more of a picture of what we're talking about. Um, So if you guys know who Judge Hatchett is, she had a show on TV. You guys could Google her. She had it on from 2000 to 2008. Her her daughter-in-law, Kira Hatchett, was 39 when she gave birth to her second son, Um, After she gave birth, she had a C-section. Kira was complaining about having abdominal pain. At the time, she didn't know it, but she was having internal, internal bleeding. And there were CT scans that was ordered, but they were never taken. And the doctors ordered them, but never, I don't know if CT was backed up, but that's besides the point. They never took them, and she kept telling her husband, that she was scared and that she was really in a lot of pain. So finally, after 10 hours of her complaining, 10 whole hours of her internal bleeding and her complaining, she was then taken into surgery where they found out that she had lost more than three liters of blood. They found that in her abdomen. Oh, wow. unfortunately, unfortunately, they were not able to save her. She had lost too much blood and Kira died so this is a real story you can really google it like Judge Hatchett and her son took this to the Supreme Court Mm -hmm. and they sued the hospital but it did not that does not take away the pain Mm -hmm. that they lost her and she had one child that she only just met for a couple hours and then she also had another son that was one at the time um this is just a really sad story that it's it's really unfortunate Mm -hmm. because she didn't have to if they would have took the precaution beforehand now we do know that I worked at a hospital for 10 years that we're not saying all hospitals are bad we know that this happens sometimes but a lot of times there are underlying biases that they have like you said, Shannon, that they thought that maybe they didn't think she looked sick or they didn't think she looked like she was in pain. I don't know how you show that besides maybe standing up screaming. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was just a really crazy story that I just wanted to to share with you all just to let you know of how real this is yes. and how you can advocate for yourself if you are pregnant. Um, and then, like you said, you are too sick, so if you have a family member, your wife, your girlfriend, your sister, cousin, whoever, a friend, you can always advocate, help advocate for them if they're not in the condition. Mm-hmm. You may not know everything, but go to Google University, you might find out some things after they're telling you their symptoms. Mm-hmm. Even then, that sometimes Google or take you to something different but yeah you definitely <laughs> want to you know get those scans those cts those ultrasounds because yeah. those are important yeah get that blood work done like how they had to do with you they had to do your blood work and they had to check your um your urine mm-hmm. every day so did you have any final thoughts about um anything about our pregnancy or your pregnancy
1: the only thing i would say is piggybacking off what you said let's just speak up and it's nothing wrong with getting a second third fourth a hundredth opinion if you Mm -hmm. need to just like you know lenora did when hospital hospital go get checked out make sure you're okay make sure your baby's okay because abundance is also health
0: yes and that's one thing you can't buy
1: no <laughs> no
0: you cannot buy health you cannot buy a peace of mind so no like we both said we both experienced like depression and sadness and a lot of stress so even with that you know practice those self-care tips that we talked about in the last episode or in the uh, another episode about the single mom practice some of those light a candle mm-hmm. write in a journal go for a walk just do something love on to yourself reduce, love on yourself to reduce that stress Mm-hmm. And also, I just want to end it with just three um, tips for after sex hygiene. Mm-hmm. The first tip that I want to give is for men and women to go use the restroom. Yes, this does not prevent women from getting pregnant, but <laughs> <laughs> contrary to what we thought all those years, <laughs> but it does lessen your chances from you getting a urinary tract infection. Mm-hmm. So, you definitely want to do that. The second thing you want to do is you want to wash slowly and gentle. Remember, women, that you don't go from uh, back to front. You go from front to back. Mm -hmm. So, and then the last thing you want to do is to, to change your clothes to wear a fresh set of clothes because body fluids that stain your undergarments and clothes are a breeding ground for an infection. Yes. So definitely want you guys to take care of yourself in all kind of ways yes and that's that's all what we have for you guys for this episode i want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and can you tell them where they can follow us and find us on ig
1: yes our instagram page is tlia podcast and that's tlia podcast follow us inbox us your questions and stories we would love to hear them
0: yes we would and we want definitely want to say that you should definitely um, subscribe to our youth to our podcast and also we want you to share this episode with a friend or two because when you share is when you add value and we'll talk to you guys next Thursday